It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my frighteningly horrific co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this is the December 7th, 2020 edition of the show, the 194th episode of the Late Night Fright. Wow. The show that likes to say, have that sixth cup of coffee. Who needs to sleep? Right. We are so glad that all of you have chosen to join us. Greetings to all of you all around the world and to any astral travelers that may be tuning in or here in the studio with us. It's December, isn't it, Faith? Yes, it is. We are very excited here on the show for three reasons. Count them. One, two, three. Tell the people why we are so full of good cheer. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. The carnival sideshow known as 2020 is almost over. And we are spotlighting the films of Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee all month on the show. Tonight we have a double feature. First up is a solo adventure for Peter Cushing, the 1960 sequel to the landmark 1958 Hammer film Dracula, or Horror of Dracula as it was known here in the U.S. What is our first film this evening? The Brides of Dracula from Horror. I mean from Hammer Horror, excuse me. They are the House of Horror. (laughs) Since we're spotlighting Peter Cushing as Van Helsing in a Hammer production, we thought it would be fun to contrast The Brides of Dracula with another sequel to a landmark Dracula film that features the character of Van Helsing. What is our second film this evening, Faith? It is direct from the golden age of horror. We have 1935's Dracula's Daughter from Universal Studios. Two sequels. Two Van Helsings. We have Peter Cushing and Edward Van Sloan. Faith, I think we might be living right. What do you think? I think so. We're going to take a short pause for a coffee cause. When we get back, we've got The Brides of Dracula with the one and only Peter Cushing from the one and only Hammer House of Horror. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. I am Dan. I am Faith. You are listening to The Late Night Fright. We're so glad you're here. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, the only show available on Laserdisc and Betamax. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. We'll be right back. This is Old Farmer Felcher for Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten. Times have been hard as of recently down on the gluten farm. A lot of you have been downright intolerant. We want you back. They've been bastards, Daddy. Now, not a word out of you, girl. That's my daughter, Franny. Little Franny Felcher. She's passionate, just like all of us Felchers. What are we passionate about? We're passionate about the family Felcher and the world's most high-quality pure gluten. How pure? Pure than snow-white Colombian. 
Farmer Felch's Old Fashioned Gluten. Available in supermarkets in Cozy Corner and around the world. Farmer Felch's Old Fashioned Gluten. It ain't gonna kill you, but I might. That's enough out of you, girl. Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten, a proud underwriter of the Late Night Fright. This is Todd Wick, former Hells Angel, ordained minister, and owner of Holy Smoke, Cozy Corner's premier Christian-themed vape shop. The holidays are upon us, bringing with them not only the birth of our Lord and Savior, Baby Jesus, but amazing deals on flavored vape juices and CBD products. Shasta, what specials are we running this week, baby? That's my wife. This week, we got specials on cherry mud butt vape juice, tuna from a can scented CBD oil, and Tickle My Pickle CBD gummies. We was going to call it Drill My Deal, but we were scared people would get the wrong idea about what kind of store this is. We are also Cozy Corner's premier leather dealer, specializing in leather boots, leather vests, and leather Bible covers. Every day the Lord makes is a good day. Let Holy Smoke make it a little better. Holy Smoke, come on down. listening to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We now return to the late night fright with Dan and Faith, the only show on the air not afraid to finger paint its feelings. Listen to the beat of your heart, Marianne. You hear the beat of fear within you? Fear that will rise to a shattering crescendo of terror. You have strayed into a world of evil, where frightened people are held in the grip of unearthly horror. Beware of pity for the handsome prisoner in the Castle Meister. Beware of love, for in your heart is only the pulsating throb of terror. Starring Peter Cushing, as the doctor locked in mortal combat with overwhelming evil. Also starring Frida Jackson as Greta, who served the vampires with insane loyalty. <laughs> you needn't be afraid, she's dead. Martita Hunt, the Baroness, victim of her own son. Beautifully Yvonne Morlore, France's latest sex kitten, as Marianne whose beauty was her passport to the twilight world of the undead. <laughs> David Peel as the Baron, blindingly handsome, yet his kiss transformed the most beautiful girls into monsters.
1958, Hammer Studios released Dracula, a full-color and violent updating of not only Bram Stoker's original novel, but the classic 1931 Universal Studios film that made Bela Lugosi a legend and started Universal's golden period of horror. Peter Cushing starred as Dr. Van Helsing and was reteamed with his Curse of Frankenstein co-star Christopher Lee, who became an international film star with his lusty physical portrayal of the world's most famous bloodsucker. The film proved to be a massive hit on both sides of the ocean and a sequel was inevitable. 1960 saw the release of The Brides of Dracula, a film that finds Cushing's vampire hunter Dr. Van Helsing returning to Transylvania to battle Baron Meinster, a handsome young bloodsucker who has been let off of his chain and has his sights set on Marianne, a beautiful young schoolteacher. Christopher Lee, fearful of being typecast, declined to appear in the film. In the role of Baron Meinster, the film's head vampire went to David Peel, with Yvonne Moonlar co-starring as Marianne Danielle. Terence Fisher, who had previously helmed both Curse of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula, directed the film from a script by Jimmy Sangster, Peter Bryan, and Edward Percy, with uncredited contributions from producer Anthony Hines. Hines said of the film's production, My own personal involvement in a film like Brides was always 100%, not because I felt it to be my duty, but because I felt very strongly that the pictures were mine. No doubt Terrence Fisher thought that they were his, and Jimmy... The film belongs to Cushing. While the first 30 minutes of the picture are a completely engaging tale, once Cushing arrives as Van Helsing, The Brides of Dracula kicks into overdrive. Cushing played Van Helsing as an idealistic warrior fighting for the greater good, and his creation is full of strength, warmth, and intelligence, a far cry from his portrayal of Baron Frankenstein and very close to the man himself. Peter Cushing was born May 26, 1913, and had found modest success in motion pictures and films before being cast as Baron Frankenstein in Hammer's landmark 1957 movie, The Curse of Frankenstein. He would appear in six Frankenstein films as well as five Dracula films. Other roles for Hammer included Sherlock Holmes in The Hound of the Baskervilles and John Banning in The Mummy, both alongside his friend Christopher Lee. Cushing and Lee would co-star in 22 films together over their careers. Cushing is perhaps best known to modern movie audiences for his role as Grand Moff Tarkin in George Lucas's classic 1977 space opera Star Wars. The Brides of Dracula cast is rounded out by Martita Hunt as the Baroness Meinster, Frida Jackson as Greta, Miles Mallison as Dr. Tobler, Andre Melli as Gina, and Henry Oscar and Mona Washbourne as Hare and Frau Lang. The score is by Malcolm Williamson, and the excellent cinematography is by Jack Asher. The film looks stunningly beautiful and may be the most visually impressive of the Hammer productions. Welcome back. At this point, you are probably wondering why we are not spotlighting Christopher Lee tonight. Have no fear. We will be doing a solo adventure for Mr. Lee at the end of this month, and we will be filling in the rest with films that spotlight Cushing and Lee together. And added bonus, all of our episodes throughout the month of December are going to be double features. Ooh, let's get into it. Faith, what did you think of Brides of Dracula? I really enjoyed this movie. I think there were a few moments that it's maybe a bit slow, but not boring, I wouldn't say. But I think it's a really, a really good movie. To quote Ron Burgundy, it's rich and compelling. There you go. <laughs> 
I I am absolutely obsessed with Horror of Dracula and this sequel and Peter Cushing in these movies. Mm-hmm. I I am absolutely obsessed with them. I think this is a very good sequel to Horror of Dracula. I agree. It does not top Horror of Dracula, but that is not its fault because Horror of Dracula, I'm I'm willing to say this here on the show tonight, Horror of Dracula is one of the greatest horror films ever made. Mm-hmm. I think it's the greatest Dracula film ever put down. It's it's amazing it's from start really to finish. Great. Is it the novel? No, it's not the novel, but it's amazingly cinematic mm-hmm. and it's and it's beautiful. And this does a pretty good job of following that film up. I agree. It's an amazing looking film, and I want to get into the look of this film. Mm-hmm. Peter Gush- Peter Cushing, not Gushing, we're <laughs> Gushing over Cushing tonight, though, right? Uh, he gets top billing, but the real star here is Peter Asher. He's the director of photography. This thing looks gothic and creepy, and when I think classic horror movie, this is the look, look right? Yes. Right? So speaking of looks, Peter Cushing looks like he belongs here. What do we think of his Van Helsing. Now we've done Horror of Dracula mm-hmm. on the show. That was a while back, mm-hmm. so it's nice to kind of revisit that a little bit tonight mm-hmm. and get into his Van Helsing. So, what do you think of uh, Peter Cushing as Van Helsing? I really like him. I feel like he has more of a detective side. Do you get that vibe from him? It's a little Sherlock. It's a little, little Sherlock Holmesy yeah. to me. Yeah, but I love it. Uh, yeah, there's there's more of an investigative yes. quality to his Van Helsing compared to the other famous Van Helsing, uh, Edward Van Sloan. Right. We're going to talk about him in a little bit when we get to Dracula's daughter. And uh, one thing, when you compare them, and this is kind of fitting for the two movies, we're, I'm, I want to get into this a little more in the last segment of the show, but his Van Helsing is a little more energetic. He's a little more mm-hmm. spry. Little more of an action hero, yes. A little bit, you see him running up steps in Horror of Dracula, and in this, uh, I feel like he's a little more present, yes, I active, think, yeah. I think is the word, yeah. Um, I like uh, his presence in this movie, and he's worth the wait because we spend 30 minutes of the film not with him, he comes mm-hmm. in right at about the 30 minute mark after the first act, but once he gets into the picture, it's really off to the races. and. I think what we're both kind of circling around with him as Van Helsing in these in this picture tonight, but also in horror. You have to talk about the other one with this. Right. He feels heroic. He does. And you wait 30 minutes, but once he comes in, he's the star of the oh, picture. Yes. It's it's absolutely uh, his, movie. his movie. And next week, we're going to be doing The Curse of Frankenstein. And it's going to be interesting comparison looking at him as Van Helsing and looking at his Baron Frankenstein because they are completely different creations. And Peter Cushing, one of the great joys of this show, besides getting to talk about horror movies and getting to do this show with you and getting to connect with people out there, one of the great joys that has happened over the almost two years now Mm -hmm. of doing the show. Peter Cushing has become my favorite actor in doing this show and watching these movies. I think uh, he is one of the great names in horror. And I think this movie really solidifies and shows why he is the great name in horror. (laughs) What I like about this and why uh, we picked this first is because we wanted these guys to have a solo spotlight mm-hmm. and uh, you want to see him away from Christopher Lee and what a great way to see Van Helsing away from Dracula. Right. You know, and it holds up, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It, absolutely it does. Up. What do you think about the story here? 
It's very interesting, but I like it. I, I think the only thing... I'm not huge on the look of the Baron Meinster for some odd reason. I don't know why. It feels very, um... I don't know how to describe it. It's not... He's not dark enough for maybe or not... I don't that, have a problem necessarily with him, but he's not... I don't know. He just that doesn't... That segues into my biggest uh, uh, con of mm-hmm. the movie... Is Christopher Lee's not in it? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and David Peel, who plays the Baron Meinster, and he plays him well. We have to he, give him credit. He does, it, and it's a different energy from from right. the Christopher Lee Dracula energy, mm-hmm. and more power and credit to them for that. Right. However, he feels slightly underwhelming. Yes. Because he comes after Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. not because of what he's doing. He is uh, equal parts uh, handsome and slimy all at the mm-hmm. same time. And I almost feel like they, they played him up too handsome. I almost feel like he looks too like possibly yeah. poshy or too. Yeah. One of the things I like, though, with his character is, is that they establish that uh, there's this uh, the, the vampires as a cult almost, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a secret society. And right. if you followed this show for any length of time, we've talked <laughs> about secret societies and the cabal that rules the world. Yeah, maybe a time or two. <laughs> Once or twice, yes, in the back catalog. But uh, that that is a, a thing, a running thing here. And yeah, he I do like that. fell prey to this mm-hmm. uh, cabal and, and became uh, an acolyte of Dracula. Mm-hmm. I like that I aspect of it. The story itself is fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. just... David Peel feels a little underwhelming. Agreed. But only in comparison to Christopher Lee. But again, Lee. you don't hate him. It's just like not you said, it's all. not Christopher Lee. That's the only thing. Right. There is a, there's some interesting bigger picture stuff here, too. Uh, there's uh, Martita Hunt, who plays the Baroness Meinster, uh, David Peel's mother in this. The whole mother-son dynamic in this picture is really interesting. Mm -hmm. She keeps him on a chain, so she's aware of what he is, but yet can't end his life. Uh, And he turns her out of spite into Mm -hmm. a vampire. It's a really interesting dynamic here. And my favorite scene in this movie is actually uh, Peter Cushing as Van Helsing confronting her. Yes. I think a lot of the heart of this picture lies in that scene, and a lot of the heart of Van Helsing as Peter Cushing plays him, mm-hmm. is in that scene. Um, you see, and and for me, it's a callback. I don't know if you remember the scene in Horror of Dracula where he comforts the little girl in the cemetery and mm-hmm. he gives her his coat and he says, if you look over here, the sun's going to be coming up. You know, And there's this, this beautiful, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, he's uh, soft and, and caring yes. outside of not only being the action hero and the inquisitive investigators were, were painting him here. Right. Um, there's a real warmth and humanity here with him, with her in that scene, even though he's about to kill her and he doesn't attack her. He lets her make the decision to, to end it. Mm-hmm. And he offers his services as, as a doctor to release her from this awful plague. I, I like I do him too. I, and the two of them together in that scene are really good. Uh, the cast here, I think, is really, really good. Uh, my, uh, the one I like the most uh, outside of Peter Cushing was Frida Jackson as Greta, the, mm-hmm. the servant. Me too. <laughs> um, she's responsible for my favorite scene in this movie. It's the scene in the graveyard where Greta is willing the new vampire girl up out of the ground and she's down on all fours talking to the ground and almost like a coach. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, given the star picture, you know, <laughs> or, or Mickey uh, Burgess Meredith, you know, given Sylvester Stallone instructions, you know, come on, Rock, get out of the coffin. You know, I'm not ready to come out the coffin. Do it, Rock. You know, I, I loved that scene. I love that the biggest booger in this movie is a human being, not the vampire. Right? She, to me, was like I agree. completely creepy, crawly, and awful. And there's something really off-putting about the human familiar with right. the vampire. <laughs> and uh, one note I made, uh, it's a nice callback to Renfield in the original yeah. Dracula and the idea of human familiars. Uh, again, that kind of creeps me out. They're serving this dark overlord. Mm-hmm. And that idea uh will run through all the way to like 1985's fright night where you see mm-hmm. jerry dandridge has his manservant yep. you know and you're not exactly sure what's going on with the <laughs> two of them but uh uh she to me uh is my favorite performance outside of uh peter cushing oh, but agree. there's some funny funny stuff going on with the doctor and and some really wonderful little humorous bits in this movie it's, oh, i think so too yeah um <laughs> So the original ending of this film uh, was going to feature uh, Van Helsing conjuring a swarm of bats to come take care of Baron Meinster. Peter Cushing objected to that ending because he didn't think Van Helsing would play with the dark arts. And I don't know. What do you think? I could I could, I could I think, go there. Yeah. He, he would know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, they would use that uh, ending in 1963's Kiss of the Vampire. And that's a really interesting vampire film we need to get to at some later date um what do you think about the ending here uh the ending of this picture is not horror of dracula i feel like we've said that quite a bit about this picture tonight and and that's not knocking it It, horror of dracula is such a hard act to follow Mm -hmm. and um but the end is very good it's very fun and he gets in direct confrontation with Mm -hmm. the baron meinster he takes a hot poker. He gets bitten by the Baron. He takes a hot poker and holy water to his neck. And see, that's my favorite part because I really feel like that shows who he is to yeah. me. You know, like, wow. Like, I really think he's a badass. It's the Rambo <laughs> like, moment in the is. picture. <laughs> it's it's a legitimate Rambo moment. And what I like about it is that he's not a real I say not a real tough guy. He is a real tough guy. There's not a machismo to it. He's not like, all right, right. here we go. Kind right. of going back to Stallone's Rambo mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, I'm going to do it. You know? No, he's, he you can just, tell, he's not happy no, about not it. And he all. lets out this this scream of pain that you know exactly. Oh, how, and I felt that. I, I felt the too. scream more than I did the actual, like. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, uh, branding, you right. know. Right. But, uh, and at that moment, though, in the, in the music in that moment, this heroic theme comes up on the soundtrack and you just know it's on now and i don't know why we keep going back to rocky balboa tonight but it's like rocky gets up he's gonna kick ivan drago's ass and we're gonna go home right that's (laughs) that's it but you're pulling for him i love that you're pulling for him Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's physical and mental and and it's all of that and he's such a rich character i love the ending i love how he defeats the Baron with the windmill. He turns yes. the windmill, spoiler alert, into a cross <laughs> and the Baron dies in the shadow of the cross. It's with the full moon shining down. Mm-hmm. 
it's not, again, it's not the ending with the candlesticks and the sunlight coming through and, and besting Christopher Lee as Dracula. But this is so... He's, so, cl- he's s- like so clever, you know? He's, he's yes. so good at thinking on his feet. <laughs> the first time I saw this, I was cheering. I was cheering. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> And it wasn't like, oh, really? No, it's like, oh, yeah. Yes. It was like, oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I really really love this movie and and again I'm, I'm obsessed with these these uh these first two mm-hmm. films in this cycle yeah they're great like so the only thing that would make it better is christopher lee of course absolutely but it I, would. Can't, I can't complain about the movie either. and but it is nice to see van helsing in a solo adventure and oh, i yeah. like that it's a continuation of the, of the story from from horror of mm-hmm. dracula and i like i like that you're you're following him yeah, I do you know, too. and that there's this thing. The other thing I like is that they try to give a scientific reason for the vampirism, but they mm-hmm. all, but he says it's a physical and a spiritual yeah. disease, is what he says. Yeah. And and I don't know, I, I like it. I just, I like I, it it's, too. <laughs> it's something about it. We're going to get a little more into this, but uh, the Hammer, th- this period for Hammer when they were remaking. The Universal films is just so gold, mm-hmm. gold. As a kid, uh, Universal was my gateway into horror. The old, the old classics, and still are. Oh, you yeah. know, as I've gotten older, I've come to really, truly appreciate these Hammer films. <laughs> and there's a part of me that likes them a little better. <laughs> I think they play a little better for modern audiences too, because they're in full color. Right. So. We're gonna we're gonna get a little more into that in the last section. I want to talk about the differences and make mm-hmm. a, make a comparison that I think is really gonna work for some people with with Universal and Hammer. Right. So, do you have anything you'd like to add about uh, the Brides of Dracula? No, well, I didn't really get to to mention anything about. You said how this movie looks. That was something I remember texting you just how beautiful this movie. I mean, really is even the colors of it. Just Peter Asher did. It is just so. Beautiful. Peter Asher did a wonderful job. He did. And it's you can't overstate how how beautiful this looks. And it's and it's the production design and but the cinematography, the way they shoot mm-hmm. it and the way you, you, you get the dampness. It feels yes. like a damp film. Yes. And the colors, uh, the way that they are both it's amazing. The colors in this film are both muted and they pop and at they the pop. same time. Exactly. It, it reminds me of the look of like the old Star Trek TV series at its best, yes. you know. Uh, Peter Asher, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about him at the end of the show. Uh, it, it, yeah, that's I mean, the selling point of this movie for me is, yeah, it's not as good as Horror of Dracula, but it looks it so looks beautiful. So be- it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And again, the the whole thing and, and the whole deal with this wonderful supporting cast mm-hmm. and everybody gets a little something to do. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little moment. Um, I like the girl. In this, I, I, do too. I, I like that whole story. It's it's really really well done. Uh, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. No, you know, it feels like uh, there's a sincerity here. And Peter Cushing, if if you need any reason why he is one of the names in horror, you should watch this. <laughs> this this is you know again to see Van Helsing without Dracula, and what a way to to kick off Peter Cushing Christopher Lee month with a with a great film here. Absolutely. From here on out, except for the last week in this month, uh, it's going to be Cushing and Lee together. That's going to be exciting. As it should be. Yeah. And the only reason we're not doing Christopher Lee by himself next week is because we are doing him in a vampire film. And I just didn't want to double up on vampire films 
two weeks in mm-hmm. a row. So we're going to, uh, but we are going to have him as Dracula in a solo adventure. And we're going to compare that with another universal vampire flick. So that should be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Should be a lot of fun. <laughs> December is going to be a lot of fun. It is already. I know. Do you have anything uh, before we take a break that you, that you'd like I to I think add? that's it. All right. Well, it is time for a short break, but when we get back, we are going to take a look at Universal's 1935 film, Dracula's Daughter, starring Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. We're going to take a wee pause for a wee wee cause. We'll be right back. Do you miss the good old days when you used to be able to get a genuine old-fashioned soda down at the corner store? Do you have a fetish for or are you a connoisseur of adult toys? Rumps, located in Cozy Corners Historic District, is the store for you. Whether you're looking for a cat of nine tails or for a root beer float, Rumps has what you're looking for. Be sure to try out all 31 flavors of our patented Rumps edible panties, now with new moisture-wicking technology. And be sure to try those same 31 flavors as a soda, a malted, or two scoops of ice creamy goodness. Rumps is a proud underwriter of the Late Night Fright right here on on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. This is Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. Here to tell you about my new workout show, Hammer Curls, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Maybe you're looking to lose a few holiday pounds. Maybe the doctor said you're a blubber butt and need to get back down to human-sized proportions. Or maybe you just want to look good naked. Whatever the reason, Hammer Curls is the show for you. Damn, Bobby, how did you get so hard? Thinking about you, baby. I meant your arms. I knew that. Find out how to get hard right here on Hammer Curls, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Faith, you like that theme music? I love it. It gets me jacked. (laughs) Jacked. You're listening to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Now, back to the late night fright with Dan and Faith. The only show on the air not afraid to wash with conditioner first. Dracula's daughter. Oh, 
1931, Universal Studios released Dracula, the film that started their golden age run as the original House of Horror. 1936 saw the release of Dracula's Daughter from director Lambert Hillier, the man responsible for the Karloff Lugosi picture The Invisible Ray, and the first director to bring Batman to live action with a 15-part 1943 serialized film. The film was written by John Balderston and Kurt Newman with contributions from R.C. Sheriff, Peter Dunn, and Charles S. Belden. The screenplay is based on the short story Dracula's Guest by Bram Stoker and was originally to be a film from MGM that had been set up as a deal between Bram Stoker's wife Florence and legendary movie executive David O. Selznick. Dracula's Daughter is a direct sequel to the 1931 Lugosi film and stars Gloria Holden as Countess Mara Zaleska, daughter of the deceased Count. Otto Kruger stars as Dr. Jeffrey Garth, a former star student of Dr. Van Helsing, played here once again by Edward Van Sloan. Marguerite Churchill co-stars as Garth's Girl Friday, Janet Blake, and Irving Pitchell is a mysterious presence as Sandor, the Countess's servant. James Whale, the legendary director of Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, was Universal's first choice to direct, but he passed on the opportunity because he was wary of directing two horror films in a row, having just finished the Frankenstein sequel. While 1931's Dracula did not have a score, the music here is by Heinz Romheld and is a welcome addition to the picture, as is the wonderful cinematography by George Robinson. The film begins with the staking of Lugosi's Count by Van Sloan's Van Helsing and picks up right where the previous film began. Van Helsing finds himself being held for murder and enlists the aid of Dr. Garth, his former student, to help. Garth also becomes wrapped up in Countess Zaleska's quest to be rid of her vampirism. While not the first work to feature a lesbian vampire, that honor belongs to the 1872 novella Camilla by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu. Dracula's Daughter was the first film to do so and has achieved cult status in the years since its release, with many pointing to its not-so-subtle allusions to Zaleska's sexuality as the reason why. Novelist Anne Rice has cited this film as a direct inspiration for her own homoerotic vampire fiction. The film was unofficially remade in 1994 as the film Nadja from director Michael Almereda and producer David Lynch. Welcome back. We are now going to travel back to the golden age of horror with a spotlight on the film made during Universal's classic period. Let's get right to it. Faith, what did you think of Dracula's Daughter from 1936? I liked it more than I thought I would, actually. Um, I think they're... Or a few moments that were kind of a little slow. I said that about the last movie. I think this one was a little slower at times, but I did enjoy it. I did too. It had been a, a while since I'd seen it, probably 10 years since I'd seen it. This was one, I've talked about this on the show before, but if you're uh, around my age, which is 40-ish, uh, you may remember uh, 30 or so years ago, American movie classics used to actually show movies and old <laughs> movies. They were a lot like what Turner is now and they would show these Halloween marathons. They'd show the old monster movies. They do the universal films. This this was like this was like the the high point of my year because I would put the tape in and just record it all night. And Dracula's daughter was one that I caught one night and I'm 10 years old Mm -hmm. learning about these things. Didn't realize there was a sequel to Dracula. And I remember really being surprised by it as a kid. I was really surprised by it this week watching this uh, for the rewatch, mm-hmm. just how good it is. It really is. And it's a film 
that feels like it fits in with this golden age of universal uh, movies. Uh, let's see. My note here, my biggest note is it's more cinematic than Dracula. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm on record as saying that Dracula, my biggest complaint about 1931's Dracula is that it feels like a play. Mm-hmm. It's not a very movie movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said that now. That does not take away from my enjoyment of it. I can put that film in the proper historical context of when they were making it, how they were making movies. It's fine. It still plays wonderfully. Right. It, it can be a little bit of a chore to watch that. And it's amazing, though, as static as that movie is, Lugosi just comes right through. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I mean, there is a reason why that is one of the most iconic performances uh, of in movie history, really. Exactly. <laughs> and I've always said that Lugosi's performance, I feel succeeds in spite of the film that it's mm-hmm. in it's it, he's that good right uh this movie though the images in this movie does kind of harken back a little bit to dracula we have some german expressionism happening here with the with the uh influence of the angles and the lines and the lights and the shadows and mm-hmm. the black and the whites and and it looks great oh it looks beautiful that was something that i kind of took note on mentally like the way the lighting looked the shadows there was just something so so wonderfully done about that. And inviting yes. about it. You wanted to go into this world, yes. not as damp and, and and dank as the world of the Brides of Dracula, no. but uh, inviting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of kind of creepy. Kind of <laughs> creepy crawly a little bit. A little bit. So this movie, it starts where the last one ends, which I think is one of the great uh, selling points of this for me. It's like, it's like boom, you're <laughs> right. You're right into it. You get uh, Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing. I, uh, again, I'm on record as being a fan of Edward Van Sloan. Mm-hmm. Edward Van Sloan appeared in Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Mummy. So th- there's that's, the, that's pretty impressive. That's the the trio, the the right. trilo- the trinity, you oh, know, the you holy go. trinity of <laughs> of films, you know. And know. Um, so he reprises his role here as Van Helsing. I thoroughly enjoy his Van Helsing in 1931's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy his Van Helsing in 1936's Dracula's Daughter. He's not exactly the star. He's a little more of a supporting character. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is in the film quite quite a bit, and he is the kind of driving force of the beginning of this. So let's talk about Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing, and let's do a little comparison of him to our good friend Peter mm-hmm. uh, from the Hammer series. So what do you think of Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing? I'm with you. I mean, I'm a fan of him as Van Helsing. I think I think there are some definite, obvious, you know, differences between the two. I think he's, he's on screen, but I don't feel like he's as present as he should be in this film. Do you agree? I completely agree. He feels like... Uh, Master Yoda a little bit in this yeah. film because he's the the, the wizened old grandfather in a <laughs> yes. lot of ways. He has the information. He will impart that information to the younger generation mm-hmm. and then they can do with it what they will. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you prefer one approach over the other? Now, it works for this film. You know? Right. Uh, I I more prefer the Peter Cushing approach that I kind agree. of spry uh, Van Helsing. <laughs> The biggest difference, too, is Van Helsing uh, in this series of films, uh, as played by Edward Van Sloan, feels like a guy who has kind of stumbled into something. Mm-hmm. And and he's using his smart... And remember, we both really liked his intelligence in yes. Dracula. Yes. And, uh, and, and, but he does have uh, 
a set of stones on him too. He stood right up to Lugosi and I mean, stares him down. And mm-hmm. that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> and he's incorruptible. Lugosi tries to sway him to his will and he doesn't. Okay. He's still that guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Cushing's Van Helsing feels like a guy on a mission. He's like a guy possessed. Exactly. He is out to rid the world of the evil of Nosferatu. <laughs> exactly. And nothing will stop him. He's got his bag of stakes and his hammers, and he's not going to be stopped. Edward Van Sloan's Van Helsing feels like, we will get to it when we get to it. You that, know, I was just about to say that. If we run into a vampire, we're going to kill it, but... It might take a second. I we're feel not going like, to go looking for him. I feel, yeah, I feel like Peter Cushing will be like, you know... I don't have necessary tools. I'll, I'll make anything work. Let's get it right. done with. <laughs> you know? My dear boy, give me the candlesticks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I need that windmill. <laughs> Let's get the one from Frankenstein, 1931. Yeah, there you go. So, well, we do have a vampire here in the form of the Countess, uh, played by Gloria Holden. Uh, I really like this performance, and I like this character, and she's the reason why I like this movie mm-hmm. as much as I do. I find her to be more sympathetic than Dracula, mm-hmm. and... The picture, to its credit, does not try to make her completely sympathetic, though. She is full of malice and spite and yes. evil, but there is a sympathetic quality to her. Mm-hmm. And I like that she's trying to cure herself. She's mm-hmm. not reveling in this evil, right. in this disease, as they call mm-hmm. it. You know, No, no, no. She wants to be rid of it. She wants a normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants to go outside during the day. <laughs> you know, I get that from her. Um, what did you think about about the character and her performance here? Oh, I loved her, and I loved her look. She just had this this wonderful look to her that that just popped off the screen. You couldn't help but stare at her when she was on yes. the screen. Yeah, really, I agree. I think she is. She does have my note is she's mesmerizing, she and is. there's something off about her too. There that's, is that's the eyes though, the, the wonderful eyes. eyes. She'd kind of just stare. And just her eyes would just... And it wasn't you... blank and vacant. It was... No. no she was completely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a uh, uh, addendum to my notes. Uh, I loved her lisp. Yeah. She has a lisp. <laughs> Gloria Holden had a lisp. And I think it adds something to the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Makes her a little more human, I think. Yeah. And it's not a very pronounced lisp, but... Uh, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very cute. <laughs> I, I, I liked. Uh, I liked the performance quite a bit. I do too. So we have the uh, uh, hero here in the form of Doctor Garth, and he is played by Otto Kruger. That is an appropriate name, <laughs> I think, for for a horror movie so. star. Uh, what did you think of Otto Kruger as Doctor Garth? Because he does carry quite a bit of this picture. What do you think about uh, uh, him in this movie? I feel. That he very much fits in with the 1930s mm-hmm. uh, and early 40s leading man type. You yeah. Know, there's a, there's a, uh, that thing about him. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like he's very, uh, I don't know, he has a, a good quality to him. I feel like he had some, some good humor to him and he wasn't, he didn't feel like he wasn't part of, you know, like yeah. not needed. I feel like he was definitely. He's integral to, yeah, to the story. Yeah, to the story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. And speaking of the story, what do you think of it? Because we said she's trying to rid herself of the vampirism and she's not succeeding right. and she's uh, the bloodlust. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Again. I think I think it's, you know, a nice little different, a little different twist. And I like that she's a conflicted main. She character. is. And I like her. I've said it before. I'm weird about females, maybe like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like she's a good leading woman for that time. And it's not like, oh, wow, a woman. Dainty. Or that or it doesn't have to be a big deal that a woman's 
leading. I see. You see I, what I'm trying I, to I get, say? I get what you're saying, I yes. feel like, you know, I just yeah. I feel like she did a great job. Just uh, She carries this movie yeah. wonderfully. Um, one thing about the story, a note I'd like to make is if you push this a little to the left, it's a classic 1930s romantic comedy mm-hmm. with, with the trio <laughs> of lovers, you know, with yes. uh, Marguerite Churchill playing the assistant uh, to Otto Kruger mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, speaking of Marguerite Churchill, the supporting cast here is good as as always. Yes. Uh, universal uh, golden age, the supporting cast was always so good. Irving Pitchell for me as Sandor is amazing. That is an amazing look to it that is. guy. He sort of, kind of, sort of looks like Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm, way, I was thinking that in too. A way. Uh, really great look. Marguerite Churchill though is really great, and mm-hmm. she's another one too. Uh, she is. Funny, yes, and without being grating, you know, there's some right. wonderful scenes with the two of them. So, uh, the look here, though, as we said, the look, the black and white with the German expressionism and the oh, it's creepy beautiful. Girl. The, the my favorite look was the uh, when she burned Dracula's body. I loved that whole scene and the look mm-hmm. of that movie. I feel like Me too. carries and that carries through yep. through the film. I think was was really well done. This film also has a lot of good little humorous bits in it with the policemen and things of that <laughs> <Yes>. nature. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, it stood out to me the most that I just kept mentally noticing in this movie. The music. Score was very the good. The music is so good. And that for me makes this an easier watch than Dracula because Dracula does not have a score. Mm-hmm. And this that is one of the selling points of this movie. Mm-hmm. This is... I don't think I don't know if this is a better movie than Dracula. It is a lot easier to watch, to watch. than yeah. Dracula. Dracula can be trying as as mesmerizing as it is. It, it feels older than it. That's yeah. it, an old movie now, but <laughs> you know it does feel very old. Though this, while still an old movie, does feel a little newer, newer mm-hmm. than than Dracula. It's amazing the leaps they made in five years. I know. It's kind of like the Beatles. You know, you listen to Beatles from 62 and then you listen <laughs> to them at the end of the career. It's like a different band. Yeah, I mean, know? yeah, it really doesn't feel like it's, I mean, it looks like it's in the 30s, but it really doesn't feel like it's in the 30s at all. Yeah. It looks so much fresher. Yeah. But yeah, the music was definitely, I, I kept thinking to myself, wow, this music is just so fitting to this. And then really over is. and over and I was like, yeah. man, that's just so good. Yeah, and uh, this is, I, I think, one of the better Universal sequels. Uh, the the greatest Universal sequel is Bride of Frankenstein. That's one of the, maybe the greatest sequel oh, yeah. ever made. <laughs> but uh, this this uh, we're going to talk about Universal sequels when we get back from the from the break. Before we go to the break, what do you think about the overtones in this movie? They're pretty overt. Uh, the the lesbian overtones uh, was that something? I know you picked them up. Uh, what did you think of them? Was it was it? I feel like it was a pretty natural part of the character. Oh yeah. And Universal sold the film on this. Lock up your daughters. Here she is. You know. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think uh, they're playing this as a, as an evil. No, characteristic. I don't. I, don't I think, think it's so. part of just the the vampire. Uh, I agree. Thing. And this first one that did it on film, mm-hmm. and you know, Anne Rice picked it up and right. ran with it. Yeah. Anne Rice uh, has made a career out of it and has several houses because of <laughs> because of it. But uh, no, I I it was something I guess because we're used to that kind of thing exactly. with vampires. It didn't play weird. Mm-mm. I mean, I like the way it was handled. I thought it was really. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Not not that it was untastefully. Or- I mean, no, it was it was very like like cinematically right. shot and, yeah. and uh, it was kind of a scary scene too. I know. <laughs> Maybe the scariest scene in it just because of the danger that the girl was in, you know, you're feeling her fear mm-hmm. through it. I thought it was really, really good. The whole movie is really, it really, really is. good. 
So do you have anything you'd like to add about Dracula's daughter before we take a short I break? I think that's it. What about you? I think it is time for a break. So all we are right. going to take a short break. It is a news break, so stay tuned for all the fake news not fit to print. When we get back, we are going to award some Fridays. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to offer some final thoughts on the two films and let you know what's going to be going on next week on the show. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. There's a vaccine and several therapeutics for COVID-19, the virus that has railroaded 2020. Know what there's not a vaccine for? Stupid people. There are, however, several delicious and successful therapeutics available known as alcohol. Trust the science. Car cleaner Norm Needleman had to charge local resident Kenny Kinmore a little extra recently when he cleaned the interior of Kinmore's vehicle. Kenmore, a junior in high school, went on his first real date over the weekend. He took Sherry Shinglebrick to Biff Buchanan's Burrito Barn, where he put back one of Biff's world-famous rectifiers, the only burrito guaranteed to clean you out, as well as the rest of Shinglebrick's Tex-Mex sampler. It was downhill from there as Kenmore held a fart in for the next three hours. Those three hours included a movie and an hour-long makeout session. Kenmore had several opportunities to drop the fart, but he says it just wasn't ready. When he got into his car at the end of the night, he expelled the noxious fumes as he started his car and waved goodbye to Shinglebrick. She was none the wiser. Needleman says the stink hanging around in the fabric of the car seats is of the devil, and he wants a little extra for exercising the stench. Wow. Well, 2020 has certainly sucked a dong, but we're almost out of it. I'd like to issue a statement to 2021. Behave. If you get out of line, I'm going to end you. Finally, David Prowse, the man inside the Darth Vader suit in the original Star Wars trilogy, recently passed away. The former bodybuilder also appeared in Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange and alongside his Star Wars co-star Peter Cushing in the 1974 Hammer film Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell as Frankenstein's Creature. Prowse also helped Christopher Reeve get in shape for his role in 1978's Superman the Movie. He was 85. We would just like to say thank you and to wish you Godspeed on your new adventure. The Force will be with you always. And that is the news. We'll be right back. The chimes are soon upon us, but there is time for one more cup of coffee. We now return to the late night fright, the show known to order a hamburger in a seafood restaurant. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We're going to wrap up the show for you. A few final thoughts. Faith, let's do this. Fridays are our little awards here we do on the show. Uh, would you like to award any Fridays tonight to any person, place, or thing that really stuck out to you? I would give one to Peter Cushing, honestly. I think he just does such a great job of of, of what he's doing, you know, and... I love them. Uh, I, I will as well. I'm going to give one to Peter Asher as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also to Frida Jackson, 
in Brides and to my two favorite supporting uh, characters in Dracula's Daughter, Irving Pitchell and Marguerite Churchill. I think they were both really, really outstanding. And I'm going to award a no prize to Sir Christopher Lee for not showing up. <laughs> exactly. It's part of me. It's like it's it's great that you get the Van Helsing solo adventure. But you just and then it's, miss him so missing much. Peter Cushion. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about uh, Universal versus Hammer. And to me, it's in this was all happening right around the same time. So in the 30s there, during the Golden Age, DC Comics had released Superman and Batman. So you have the DC Comics superhero revolution going, uh, happening at the same time Universal's happening. And then you get the Hammer revolution right at the same time as Marvel happens. So I think there's comparisons to be made there, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, the you know, dig a little deeper on that. Mm-hmm. Do some research on that. But I, it's interesting that those yeah. things happen concurrently. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, my final question tonight. Okay. Which one do you think is a better sequel to its uh, uh, film? Which one do you think I'm going to pick? Uh, I think better sequel as far as fitting into the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brides is the better sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, to, to horror Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dracula's Daughter is a, is a more cinematic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's a better sequel. Right. You know, but uh, I think, you know, if you're going with narrative and structure, it's definitely uh, Brides of Dracula. That is exactly. I enjoyed Brides of Dracula more, too. Uh, yeah, that's just, it's such a really good film. Like I said, and, and it's all Peter Cushing, really. I mean, everybody else is great, but it, there's just, yeah. he's just so amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. Well, next week, we're going to pair him with his buddy, Christopher Lee. We have two films next week. We have from 1957, The Curse of Frankenstein, the one that really started it all for Hammer. It's going to be fun. And it's really Peter Cushing's movie. Christopher Lee plays the creature in that. But Peter Cushing, it's going to be great to AB the performance as Van Helsing against uh, the Baron. And we also have another remake, The Mummy from 1959. And Christopher Lee plays the creature there. So <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Christopher Lee, he built his whole world on uh, Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> And Bella. So there you go. Uh, not to take anything away from it. I'm really excited. About, oh, well, me too. About getting into it. Uh, if you would like to email us, uh, you can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at late night fright podcast. And Faith, you are on the gram at. I'm a normal alien. There it is. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we close up shop tonight? I think that's it. I do have better wording for what I was going to say about the female Go ahead. thing. I think I'm trying to say it's cool to see a female kind of be the lead in that role at that time. So I feel like now they make such a big deal about females leading things or being, you know, being a role. The girl that, power aspect of there it. There you go. I'll buy that for a dollar fifty. And look, I have no problem with women doing things. I just I don't feel like we have to. <laughs> Make a big deal about it. Make a big deal about everything. Do your thing. Just do it. Do your job. Do it well. There you go. Love it. Love it, Faith. There you go. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Thank you for letting us drone on in your your ears for a little while. I hope hope they're still here. (laughs) If you are, more more power to you. (laughs) Again, Curse of Frankenstein and The Mummy are up next. It's going to be good. Spotlighting Cushing and Lee. It's going to be fun. All month. Feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. Feels like it's that time. Let's see. Let's see if we snap our fingers, Faith. Can we make the magic happen? I think we should try. On one, two, three.
Well, it's that time again. Time to say goodbye. The clock on the wall says it is time to go. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with us if you made it this far. We appreciate it. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing Month continues next week. And just remember, 2020 is almost over. We're going to put that in the record books and move on to 2021. And Faith has a little something for it if it misbehaves. (laughs) Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We will see you next time.